well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with us on the program today. We're going to be talking crime stats. Some confusing numbers here in the new National Crime Victimization Survey. Can we trust the crime statistics? Uh, particularly at a time again, well, not even at a time, but particularly because gun control advocates primarily use crime as their justification to attack our right to keep and bear arms, right? We'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do, you know, Biden's America, it's crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. Just look at the price of lunch next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is you need a plan. You know it, and I know it, and that is why you should call Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews, and they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last, and if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co., at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. As I just said, you know, crime is the primary justification for the anti-gunners, right? Uh, perfect example of this, New Mexico, where Michelle Luan Grisham declared a public health emergency based on high rates of violent crime in Albuquerque and Bernalillo County and then decided to unilaterally suspend or try to suspend our right to carry in self-defense. We see the same thing in California as well. Massachusetts, New York. I mean, that is the reason why the gun controllers say, we need this law. We need this reasonable common sense measure. That's not aimed at violent criminals, right? Aimed at law-abiding gun owners, but that's still the justification. Violent crime is up. Violent crime is out of control. Even when violent crime is declining, violent crime is too high, right? That's the excuse. It's, it's almost always tied to crime. So we should pay attention to what crime reports say. The problem is that we're seeing some really weird divergences depending on what report you're looking at. Uh, crime analyst Jeff Asher wrote about this at his Substack this week. Did gun violence actually surge in 2022? Trying to make sense of the National Crime Victimization Survey for last year, which was just released. Uh, Leonard Sipes, who writes about crime at his blog, Crime in America, also wonders uh, who is right here because the data shows that U.S. violence is both increasing and decreasing. And it seems really hard that both of those things could be true at the same time. So Jeff Asher, uh, the crime analyst, uh, first uh, provided this handy-dandy uh, uh, graph. The rate of violent victimization and violent victimization reported to police from 1993 to 2022. And this is fascinating. Because if you look at the numbers there, you can see you know, we're 2022 all the way to the right, 1993 all the way to the left. We've heard all of this talk about this, you know, historic rise in violent crime over the last couple of years. But again, look at the actual rate of victimizations reported, even with that increase in 2022, compared to the rate of reported victimization back in the 1990s. In 1993, 1994, the rate of violent victimizations was around 80 per 1,000 people. Even with this reported increase in 2022, we're still talking about fewer than 30 violent victimizations per 1,000 people. So even if 
the uh, crime stats for 2022 are a little screwy, a little fuzzy. What's undeniable is that the United States appears to be a far safer place with fewer victims of crime per capita by like a fourfold margin than 30 years ago. Now, that already obliterates the gun controller's argument. More guns equals more crime, right? We have far more guns in this country than we did 30 years ago. And yet our violent crime is far less than it was. And that, by the way, you can look at the FBI's Uniform Crime Reports of the 1990s. That's when crime, uh, at least the homicide rate, really started. No, violent crime peaked. Uh, homicides peaked a couple of years before, in the late 1980s. And since then, a steady decrease, right up until 2020. That is when the FBI Uniform Crime Report showed a sharp increase in the number of homicides, a 30% increase in the number of homicides reported in 2020 compared to 2019. And then the FBI Uniform Crime Reports for 2021 and 2022 show that uh, basically crime levels stagnant. Uh, this year, as Jeff Asher writes, the uh, major cities' crime dashboards are showing a historic decrease in the number of homicides. Uh, in some cases, down 25, even 50% from where they were last year. Um, that type of huge swing back and forth, again, seems a little anomalous, right? And the National Crime Victimization Survey, which just came out uh, not long ago, they don't talk about homicides. As Asher writes, uh, dead people tell no tales. And the National Crime Victimization Survey relies on reporting and interviews with victims of crime. So while they don't measure homicides, they, the report does measure, quote, firearm victimizations. And the National Crime Victimization Survey defines this as violent crimes in which the offender possessed, showed, or used or used a firearm, right? But even simple possession of a firearm turns that into a firearm victimization. According to the National Crime Victimization Survey, firearm victimization surged by 96% last year relative to 2021 with a 64% increase and firearm victimizations reported to police. Now, Asher, the crime analyst, says, I have a little trouble accepting this finding is correct, given how it doesn't conform to other available evidence. It sounds like the National Crime Victimization Survey is saying that there was a huge surge in shootings last year, while the FBI's uh, new data is likely to say the opposite. Leonard Sipes, again, uh, found an uh, anomaly. He, he says that we have a paradox. Significantly rising violence and serious violence in 2022 per the National Crime Victimization Survey and mostly decreasing violent crime in 2023 based on big city police dashboards. And he says only 41.5% of violent crimes are actually reported to law enforcement. I don't know how they derive that number since these are unreported crimes, but whatever. Um, so he writes that it is possible. That overall violence is up in 2022, but reported violence to police in 2023 is, is down. He also notes that uh, property crime is up for the National Crime Victimization Survey in 2022, breaking a multi-year pattern. But these stats just don't seem to match up. The FBI stats showing a decrease in violent crime. The National Crime Victimization Survey showing a not just a slight increase, but again, a nearly a doubling of firearm-related victimizations. So what's happening? What, what's to blame for this? don't have any solid answers. But uh, Asher writes that based on what we know, there's good evidence, he says, that shootings actually dropped last year in most big cities with available data. 
And he says that big city data matches what we see in the gun violence archive data, which points to a 5% drop in fatal and non-fatal shooting victims in 2022. At the same time, the National Crime Victimization Survey shows, again, a nearly doubling of firearm-related victimizations. So, according to Asher, there, there may be uh, something going on with the definition of a firearm victimization. He says the operative word in the definition, according to the National Crime Victimization Survey, may be possessed. Right? He says, we know that firearm sales have surged since the start of COVID. More guns have been recovered in crimes. It's possible, he says, that more people carrying guns, plus the survey picking up more violent crimes, would naturally lead to more being guns, uh, more guns being around in violent crimes. I, I, I guess possessed but not used. Um, maybe that's the case. But again, if if a gun was possessed but wasn't used in the commission of a violent crime, would that victim be able to accurately report whether or not a gun was possessed? They never saw it, right? If this, I, I saw a bulge in his jacket. He told me he had a gun. Um, those might also be counted as firearm victimizations. Nasher also says that COVID might have played a bit of havoc with the reporting in the National Crime Victimization Survey in 2020 and 2021, noting that uh, during COVID, these in-person interviews were suspended uh, for much of the year. Most of those interviews were done over the phone. And so gathering this data in a different manner may actually lead to different results. But one thing is clear. <laughs> the picture is very unclear when it comes to what is happening with violent crime nationally. Uh, Leonard Sipes writes, to give you an indication of the complexity of crime stats, the Bureau of Justice Statistics says that the violent victimization rate dropped by 22% in 2020. That would be the largest decrease in violence ever recorded by the Bureau of Justice Statistics. But that same year, FBI final statistics released in September of 2021 for 2020, the number of homicides increased nearly 30% from 2019. That would be the largest single-year increase that the agency has recorded since it began tracking crimes in the 1960s. Overall violent crime and aggravated assaults also increased in the FBI data. Historically, homicides, he writes, have been used as an indicator of overall violence. Because again, while, you know, if, if, you, get, if you get assaulted outside a convenience store, guy runs off. Didn't get a good look at him. You're not seriously injured. Uh, maybe your wallet got stolen. Maybe not, right? You might not report that to 911 because you don't think anything's going to happen. You find a body, you're going to call police, right? So homicides are seen, I think, as a, a, a fairly decent proxy. Not a perfect proxy, but a fairly decent proxy for whether or not crime is going up. Violent crime in particular is going up or down. And what's interesting is that Sipes you know, points out that these anomalies didn't just pop up this year. You can go back to 2020 and you can find the National Crime Victimization Survey saying, oh, wow, biggest one-year drop in assaults. At the same time, the FBI says, wow, biggest one-year increase in the homicide rate. And the reason why I bring this up again is because crime is used by gun control activists as the number one reason to put more restrictions against law-abiding citizens exercising their right to keep and bear arms. And based on the fuzzy math and the divergent data that we're seeing, politicians can pick and choose what report they want to use. You know, at, at the end of this year, uh, we should have a better idea, at least uh, in particular cities, as to whether or not 
homicide rates uh, rose or, or fell and by how much. And I'm guessing, Jeff Asher has actually written about this, that we could be in the middle of the biggest one-year decline in homicide in this nation's history. But uh, if politicians want to use the National Crime Victimization Survey instead, they can say, aha, look, crime isn't, they won't even say crime isn't going down. They'll just say crime is going up. Our city, our country is a more dangerous place. And you know whose fault that is? That's right. All those gun-owning Americans exercising their Second Amendment rights. Again, we've already seen this with the uh, New Mexico governor. So I, I, I offer up this uh, competing data uh, just as a word of warning and as a reminder that it's important for us to have an understanding about crime stats and the fuzzy math involved so that we can refute and rebut these anti-gunners when they start pulling out these stats out of uh, thin air or out of a report that is contradicted by another. Um, Leonard Sipes' takeaway, after looking at all of this uh, uh, competing data, is that understanding crime in the United States has never been more confusing. And I think that's right. You know, I don't know how much stock we can actually put into um, any particular crime stat. I think we can maybe, again, like, like, like public polling, you can maybe get a rough idea of how people are thinking about an issue, right? But you don't know with any real precision whether or not that, that 31% of Americans who say X, Y, or Z is actually 31%. Maybe it's 36%. Maybe it's 40%. Maybe it's 25% or 22%. No, no, no. But you can get a rough idea. So I'll go back to this graph that Jeff Asher had posted at his uh, Substack. And while those, those hash marks indicate the uh, level of uncertainty, right? That's sort of the margin of error. So you can see even that's not a perfect snapshot. But you can get a really good sense of what crime has been like in the United States over the past 30 years. And even with this reported increase in the National Crime Victimization Survey, we are a far safer society than we were 30 years ago. At the same time, we have millions more Americans who are exercising the right to carry, both in shall-issue states and in the, the more than half of the country you don't even need a permission slip from the government to exercise your right to bear arms. We know, again, that gun ownership has surged to historic levels, right? We know that there are more people of all walks of life, of all races, colors, and creed, all political ideology, who are exercising their right to keep and bear arms right now. Certainly more so than was the case in the 1990s. And yet, our violent crime rate, according even to the National Crime Victimization Survey, and FBI Uniform Crime Reporting Statistics shows that, again, fewer uh, violent victimizations, far fewer violent victimizations than we saw 30 years ago. Putting once again to rest the lie that the anti-gunners depend on, that more guns equals more crime. All right, listen, before we turn our attention to today's Armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report, because, yes, crime does happen, even if we are unclear as the, uh, what the actual statistics are like, uh, Biden's America, it is crushing us. Companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation pushing hardworking families to the brink. And a digital dollar 
could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. You do need a plan. You know it. I know it. That's why you should call Gold Coast. You can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. Six-time Inc. 5,000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, thousands of five-star reviews. And again, they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. $10,000 in free silver they're offering while supplies last. If you call them today, qualified callers, you'll get that free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. And now let's turn our attention to our recidivist report. We will start there. And again, you know, we've been talking a lot about, I I have no doubt, by the way, that crime did increase in 2020 and 2021. I I, I can't tell you by how much, but I I know in my gut, (laughs) how's that for empirical evidence? I know in my gut that the uh, closures of jails, the closures of the courts, the pullback by police, the civil unrest, all of that had an an impact on our violent crime rate. And I think it is undeniably true that we're also seeing an increase in the number of juvenile crimes over the past couple of years. A lot of jurisdictions are talking about this. You know, Washington, D.C., you're seeing 12, 13-year-olds that are charged with carjackings. In this case, you've got a 16-year-old on probation in California who's been charged in a string of armed robberies in Las Vegas. That's right. Uh, Fox News reporting on this uh, 16-year-old. They report that uh, four robberies in a five-month span struck three CVS pharmacies in and around Las Vegas, targeting prescription pills including fentanyl, Adderall, and OxyContin. The uh, Clark County Chief Deputy District Attorney Kimberly Adams said during a juvenile court hearing on September 11th, in addition to all these poor people working at the pharmacies trying to earn a living who robbed at gunpoint, we then have all of this being put out in the community where these people could easily die of overdoses and all these drugs that are being put in the system and sold. Now, according to Fox News, the 16-year-old who was arrested and now charged with these armed robberies already on probation in California for conspiracy and illegal gun possession. That's right. You know, again, if you listen to Gavin Newsom, there's nothing more serious than a juvenile with a gun. That's why we have to stop marketing uh, firearms in, in a way that it can be appealing to minors, right? Even if it's just a picture of a Mom taking her daughter out hunting. Oh, you can't have that. That should be that should be a finable offense, a civil violation, according to Gavin Newsom. But again, what's happening in California courts when teens are caught illegally possessing a gun? Not much, apparently. Probation. Uh, the uh, teen in question also accused of another CVS robbery in Seattle, Washington. So this 16-year-old gets around, apparently. Three of the crimes happened the same day, February the 8th. Fourth targeted one of the same stores on July the 8th. That's where workers hit a tracking device in with the bottle of pills that led police to the suspect's door, according to court documents decided by the judge. The uh, juvenile suspect, who, again, not being named because he is still being tried in juvenile court despite all of these charges in multiple states, told the judge he had plans to get a job to support his newborn child. And his defense attorney blamed the teen's problems on a fourth-grade education, drugs, and bad people around him. All that might be the case. May very well be. This kid started out with a lot of problems to overcome in life. Was unable to do so. But does that absolve this 16-year-old from the crimes that he's allegedly committed? Particularly since he is now a father and maybe passing on his bad decisions to another generation. I would say the answer is no. Should the 16-year-old be locked up for the rest of his life? These armed robberies? Probably not. 
I don't know anything about the kid. Honestly, I can't make a determination as to whether or not rehabilitation is is uh, a possibility or whether he has already squandered all of the chances given to him. In this case, I, I, I will give some deference to the court system, but I still have a problem with Democrats in California putting more gun laws in place aimed at lawful gun owners. And when a 16-year-old He's accused of committing violent crimes with a firearm. He gets his day in court. He walks away with probation. Now, today's armed citizen story, uh, also from Las Vegas, where police say one intruder was shot and killed, another injured in a self-defense shooting. Uh, this happened on uh, Wednesday uh, after a resident just shot the would-be intruders, and what police are uh, already describing as a case of self-defense. Metropolitan Police Department got a call about 9.02 a.m. about a shooting in the Spring Valley area of Las Vegas. When they got there, they spoke to a 70-year-old man who said a pair of men had attempted to break into the back door of his home. Uh, The intruders were wearing masks, gloves, and dark clothing when they showed up at the back door. The man's 50-year-old son retrieved a firearm and fired at them before they could get inside. Uh, Jason Johansson Lieutenant with the uh, homicide unit of the Metropolitan Police Department says the shooting appears to be done in self-defense. Two people are in their home. Two people wearing masks and dark clothing attempt to break into their house through a rear door. Father and son told officers that one of the men appeared to be dead in the backyard. The other had jumped over a wall. Uh, The one who got away apparently uh, exited the area in a a gray sedan heading east through the uh, neighborhood. Police came across the body of the uh, other suspect described as a man in his 20s. Within about 10 minutes, police were notified about a vehicle being driven recklessly uh, through a parking lot near Tropicana Avenue and Jones Boulevard. And uh, shortly after that call came in, the same vehicle was involved in an accident. Two other vehicles were struck. And the driver of the gray car exited the vehicle. He was wearing dark clothing and had a gunshot wound in his lower leg. Considered to be non-life-threatening, but he was arrested, transferred to a hospital. Uh, Police reviewing records of other recent burglaries in the area that might have a possible connection. Uh, the police say that the father and son, uh, both extremely cooperative related to this incident, not placed under arrest. Uh, Lieutenant Johansson said, I don't anticipate there being any charges against him based on the details I have right now. But it says that that decision is ultimately up to the uh, Clark County DA's office. Again, based on all of the available evidence, including the eyewitness testimony, this does indeed sound like a pretty clear case of self-defense. But uh, we will keep our eyes on any details as they become available. Finally, today, in the right place, at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Officers and bystanders in Georgia who helped to lift a overturned car off of the uh, trapped driver inside. Yeah, the driver may end up facing some charges in this situation as well. But uh, for now, uh, police are just talking about the uh, life-saving efforts that were given. This happened in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Officer noticed a uh, speeding car, drove right past him, initiated a pursuit, and uh, shortly thereafter uh, came upon an overturned vehicle recognizing it as the same vehicle that he had been pursuing. There were multiple people inside the car. Most of them were able to get out on their own. But the officer discovered that the driver had actually been partially ejected through the sunroof. So his upper body and his head is basically between the car and the road. And the car, you know, again, putting all of its weight on the driver. Sergeant Michael Peterson uh Shout out, I can't breathe. we got to lift this car up right now. Several good Samaritans who saw the overturned car had pulled over at that point, and they, along with uh, Sergeant Peterson, were able to lift the car 
enough that the uh, driver was able to get extricated, taken to the hospital for treatment of several injuries. Again, may very well end up facing uh, charges of reckless driving uh, after uh, they're released, but uh, is alive today thanks to the uh, quick thinking and the fast actions, not only of uh, Sergeant Peterson, but again, all of those good Samaritans who saw what was going on, didn't continue driving down the road, but instead stopped to lend a helping hand. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week. I will not be at Gun Rights Policy Conference in Phoenix. I am so sad that I can't be there this year, but I will be uh, there in spirit. And um, I am looking forward to uh, reporting more about what happened at uh, the Gun Rights Policy Conference at BearingArms.com. I hope all of you who are planning on attending have a great, great weekend. I think it's going to be a fantastic lineup of speakers and events and like I said, wish I could be there, but I'll be back here next Monday for another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company, and of course, uh, helping to hold down the website. In the meantime, you can find out all of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation, from the Measure 114 trial in Oregon to the latest doings with uh, New York's ammo background checks. We got you covered. If you like what you see, I'd encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member as well. Just go to bearingarms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNRIGHTS. And you can get a significant savings on your membership. As always, I'm saying thanks for showing your support. We're going to give you exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. Because your support does matter. And it really does make a difference. So thank you again. Have a good uh, rest of your Thursday. Good Friday. Wonderful weekend. We'll see you back here Monday with another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. Until then, be well. Be safe. And be free.